Welcome to our best of the Astros players special. With the new season just around the corner, we thought it'd be the perfect time to listen back to some of the best stuff from our conversations with the guys last year. You'll hear from Correa, Rasmus, Springer, Keichel, Carlos Gomez, and Mike Fires. Luckily, all those guys are back on the roster this year. This is just part one. Keep an eye out for our part two with McHugh, McCullers, Marisnik, Tucker, and Will Harris. Let's start off with the phenom himself, Carlos Correa. We talked Altulve and J.J. Watt during this conversation. But first, keep in mind, this wasn't too long after he'd been called up. He had just met Mike Trout and Albert Pujol. So I asked him about the thrill of meeting two of the game's biggest stars. Great guys, but also great ball players as well. And, you know, I was, I was thrilled to, to meet Pujols because when I was six, seven years old, I would watch him play. I would wear his number uh, in the little leagues as back when he was with the Cardinals. So I'm like, damn, like I watched you play when I was seven years old. So now being able to be here playing against you, you know, it's humbling. And, you know, it's obviously a great experience. I want to ask you, you were roommates with Lance McCullers in the minor leagues. What was it like to room with Lance McCullers? Tell me about him. Was was he a clean roommate or what was he like? Yeah, Is there... yeah definitely, definitely a, a clean roommate, you know, great roommate, great guy, great friend. And, you know, we, we came up together. You know, he, he got here a couple of weeks before I did, but uh, we play every single season in the minor leagues together. And I was able to see his talent. He was able to watch me play. And, you know, special talent, special guy. And, you know, obviously a good teammate. What's the relationship between you got you younger guys that have kind of come up together? What kind of relationship do you, all of you guys have? Uh, we created a relationship where, you know, we go eat some nights and stuff like that, have dinner, and we're really good friends. Just the other day I saw that you were at the Salvation Army and, and you were doing stuff for less fortunate. Tell me a little bit about what you think you would like to do you talked a little bit about it, i think the other day what would you like to do as far as charitable work and what sort of things do you want to set up for yourself well i want to be involved in as many things as i can you know i'm hosting a golf tournament in puerto rico in december uh, for kids with cancer and all this stuff and i want to be involved in a lot of that stuff you know I'm, le- I'm letting my agency take care of that but i want to be involved as much as i can why did it mean so much for you to be out uh, with the Salvation Army and do that the other day? Well, like I said, I come from Puerto Rico. I come from nothing. And, you know, I never forget where I come from. And I've seen a lot of people with a lot of needs, and I felt like I needed to help. What's the chemistry like between you and Jose? What are you guys working on as far as on the field, first of all? And then you can talk a little bit about off the field as well. Well, I think it's, uh, it's the chemistry is as good as it can get, you know. Uh, we, we have a great relationship in such a short amount of time. Uh, we have, we're great friends. We go eat. We go out together. Obviously, we play shortstop on second base, so we're the ones turning double plays in the middle of the of the infield. And you know, he's, he's just a fun guy to be around. He's a great player, and you know, I pick up a lot from his brain. He's you know, AL batting champion. So uh, I ask him a lot of questions, and he's always there for me. In Houston, JJ uh, Watt's been become quite a big deal. Do you follow everything that's going on with him? And does he somebody that? you can kind of look to as to how, you know, you want to develop that relationship with the fans and the community here? Yeah, of course. J.J. Watt is the guy here in Houston, you know. He's he's obviously a great athlete, but he's a great person as well. When I got called up, he should, he should be a text. And, you know, really, I was really thrilled by that. He's one of the best players in NFL texting you when you get called up to a big league and you're just a rookie and you haven't had one at bat at the big league level yet. So I really meant a lot and, you know, obviously a great guy. Uh, stay in touch with him and you know 
hopefully we'll meet one day and we'll be able to do great things for the city of Houston. I know baseball is big where you grew up as the NFL football. Did you follow that? Yeah, I follow football uh, since I got to the States. You know, when, I'm from Puerto Rico, so nobody follows football there. But since I got drafted and came here, everybody watches football. So you got to learn how to lo- like it. And, you know, I learned how to like it, and now I watch it all the time. That was Major League Baseball's Rookie of the Year, Carlos Correa. Not too long after our conversation, as you might remember, Correa went to Texans training camp and actually met J.J. Watt in person. Hey, how about we hear from the Astro who became a cult icon? You guys fell in love with his sweet hair, the shirtless celebrations, and his clutch hitting in September and October. Of course, I'm talking Colby Rasmus. I started off by asking Colby, about his background. I grew up in Phoenix City, Alabama, born and raised. Baseball player my whole life, played sports. From the time I was a little bitty, I've been playing baseball, played in the Little League World Series, won the state championship in high school, national national champion, we're number one in the nation my senior year. So came from a baseball family. My dad played baseball for the uh, California Angels back in the day. And, you know, baseball is in my blood. It's all I've ever really done. Never really took vacation trips. We were always playing baseball on the road. Trying to do a little cattle farming back home. I, I, I got a family. I, I'm married with two kids. I got two girls, Riley and Tegan. That's what I spend my time doing with my family. And, yeah, just a good old country boy. What was it like to play in the Little League World Series? What, what was that experience like? It was wild. It was, it was crazy to, to put all the work in trying to get there. I mean, being you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, I played with the same group of kids since I was probably all, you know, in the same league since we were about four and five years old. We all played together coming up. And to get there, to play against all those different kids from different countries, and it was, it was kind of surreal. It was, like a little, it was like a dream. We just tried to ride it the best we could and have fun. It was a, it was a good trip. We were able to uh, beat Toms River, New Jersey, who... The year before, we watched them play, and that was a wild thing watching them. And then to get there, it was it was crazy. We got to go on Good Morning America. Uh, we got to run out on the field with the Yankees. I got to go to the mound with Pettit. Ended up facing him a few times in the big leagues, and I hit a home run off of him a couple years ago. So it's just been a roller coaster ride, man. Baseball took me a lot of great places. I've been able to do a lot of good things and a lot of cool things. So I'm, you know, I'm happy with. Uh, how everything's worked out with baseball, it's just it's been a ride. Tell me who your dad was and what, what years did he play? You said he played for the Angels? Yeah, he played in the minor leagues. He made it high with the Angels, uh, 84 to 87. Good athlete. You know, he played a little bit of infield. Didn't make it to the big leagues, but he, he played some pro ball. And I think it, it it got instilled in him when he had four boys that he wanted us to play baseball. So that's what we did. Well, who was your team growing up and who were the guys that you kind of looked up to as baseball players? My team was the Braves. You know, I used to go over to my Nana's house and watch the Braves and then to my Meemaw's house, and they were all, the Braves was, was always on. So we were always watching the Braves, you know, Glavin, Smoltz, and Maddox, and uh, David Justice, and those guys. But my favorite player was King of Jr. Boy, it was so much fun watching Rasmus in the clutch late last year. His hero and now Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr. had to be impressed with that. Well, let's... Now talk to National League Cy Young Award winner Dallas Keuchel. Boy, it sure is fun saying that, isn't it? When I spoke to him early in the season, I asked him about the difficulty of pitching at Minute Maid and maybe it not being a pitcher's ballpark. Well, he proved me wrong and everybody else last year, didn't he? 
I don't know. I don't. I don't really feel like any ballpark is a pitcher's ballpark just because there's so many animals in in, uh, in the AL lineups. Any given day, you can you can give up two or three home runs just like that. And, and uh, this park's no different. It, it it seems like I mean the Crawford boxes are are, are pretty short, but you got to keep the ball down. I, I thrive on ground balls, so thankfully I'm not a, a fly ball pitcher because it seems like every fly ball that that I give up, I have no idea where it's going. I think it's going to go out of the ballpark and. And then it's a shallow fly ball, but there's so many good good players in the AL that I feel like every every park is a hitter's park. Something a little bit less serious. When you're on the team playing, when you're traveling, what do you like to do? How do you keep busy? How do you uh, pass the time? Uh, there's a lot of card playing on the planes, a lot of video games, a lot of clubhouse talk. Same old, same old. I mean, you see the same guys for eight months out of the year. You get sick of them every once in a while, but they're there for you every day no matter what you're going to see them every day so it's just like a business you know you come and get your work done but um we all it's like a brotherhood most of the times at night time when we finish up we're we're going to play cards we're going to play video games together grabbing a drink or something and doing it the same same the next day who's the best card player on the team oh uh some of the some of the veteran guys we got this this offseason uh Nishak and Gregerson they like to play a bunch of cards and I like to play cards as well so those two guys pop out in my mind for sure about um card playing ability what are you listening to on your ipod what kind of music does dallas keiko listen to or you listen to stuff besides music as well <laughs> I, I listen to a little bit of everything classic rock rap hip-hop electronic music you name it I, I listen to it right now to get myself ready for the game i do a little bit uh in between electronic and some hip-hop that's pretty much the good can you give me some artists that you like who do you like to listen to uh man i like avici for electronic diplo and then you got to keep it classic with uh, Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac for, for the rap and hip-hop. Astros ace Dallas Keuchel on his taste in music, and that sounds like the perfect segue for Club Astros DJ George Springer. My co-host R.G. Seal had a fantastic conversation with Springer last year. And oh yeah, they definitely talked Club Astros. You, you were just professing a love of cartoons and Cartoon Network. Uh, so can you tell me maybe some of the shows that you grew up watching on Cartoon Network? Cartoon Network, well... Nickelodeon, were you a SpongeBob guy? I love SpongeBob, Rocket Power, Doug, when it was on. What are the good ones? SpongeBob was obviously probably my top uh, top five. Scooby-Doo was up there. Scooby-Doo was... Classic Scooby-Doo. Yeah, classic Scooby-Doo was, was, was just a classic. Yeah, you got to love uh, Scooby Snacks and Shaggy and all, all of them going around in the mystery machine, right, Ben? Absolutely, yeah. It's a show that, you know, I, I mean, if it's on today, you know, I might I might, uh, I might, still stop and watch it for a few minutes. I wanted to ask you about that because you've been working with kids, too, right? You and uh, the Red Sox, Matt Barnes, you started a clinic back in uh, New England area, yeah. right? So you got to connect with kids somehow, probably through music and through cartoons, right? Yeah, you know, the the uh, the goal, obviously, for an athlete is, you know, to, to connect with the fans and, and you know especially kids because I once was a kid and, and you know I understand that getting a chance you know to hang out with whoever it is is something special for me at least so you know I try to, to give it back as you know as much as I can. How did you really get started in the game of baseball? I mean I know your dad was instrumental in that family members but it, as a kid what was the thing that really said hey I want to play baseball? There was just something about the sport that I was drawn to as a kid and my dad and mom were big baseball fans 
lines, and, and you know, I, I just remember uh, when I was maybe five or six, getting a chance to go up to Fenway for the first time and just see a, a game, and I, I just fell in love with the sport then. So you mentioned going to Fenway. Uh, the Yankees are in town as we're recording this. You're from New England. The state of Connecticut, it's split along the lines. Oh, yeah. Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, what does it mean for you to be going up against the Yankees? Did you have a, a rooting preference uh, for the Red Sox or the Yankees? You said you went to Fenway Park first. How, how, what would you kind of describe that whole scenario of the Yankees and Red Sox? Well, I was a Sox fan pretty much my whole life. I'm fr- from that area of the state where, you know, it's split half and half. But my family has always been a Sox fan. But as a player, just getting a chance to play against arguably the most historic for franchise in the history of the game is, is pretty surreal to be out here against guys like Alex Rodriguez and Mark Teixeira and Carlos Beltran, Brett Gardner. I can go on and on about, you know, that whole team. And it's something that you grow up and you watch the Sox play New York and you get to watch Jeter and Posada and, you know, all of those guys who were who were instrumental and, and, you know, that whole team when I was a kid. is It's something special now to know that, you know, I was once watching this team from the couch as a kid and now, you know, here I am playing against them. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And you mentioned kind of guys like A-Rod and you mentioned Carlos Beltran. A lot of people have compared you because you have the five tools of a, of a Carlos Beltran in the outfit. Have you gotten a chance to speak to the, the, any of these guys while in, in town here while the Yankees are visiting? Uh, no, you know, I I haven't had the opportunity to, you know, but it's it's just for me as a player, you know, that's obviously an honor because he's established himself. He's done everything right for 15 plus years. It's obviously something special and it's still humbling, you know, to, to be playing against them and, you know, to watch how they go about their business and their at-bats. It's a pretty surreal experience, you know, for somebody like me. What do you think is the most maybe underrated thing about A.J. Hinch and the job that he's done for this team? Ooh, the most underrated thing is who he is. What he has done is he has allowed our team to, you know, to be who we are individually, but mold as a team. He's extremely confident in us, which is obviously huge and extremely positive as well, but I think one of the most important things that not a lot of people might see is, you know, he understands how hard it is to play this game, and, you know, he understands our intent isn't to go up there and fail and go go out there and make an error or, you know, just whatever happens, happens, but, you know, he understands how hard it is to play this game, and that actually allows us to play without fear and just go out there and play hard. I want to ask you, too, because how you prepared for the season, you went through a very strict exercise regimen and also a, a new diet. Are you still adhering to that diet now during the season uh, kind of can you explain that to the audience uh yeah you know i, I uh, believe it or not actually ate healthy for you know pretty much the whole off season and you, you know cheat on in and out in california i know i didn't it's pr- pr- pretty hard to do but i understand what it takes for my body to go out and perform every night and play every day because this is this is a, a long year and for me it's a lot of fruits and vegetables you know a, a lot of chicken and steak and trying to stay away from the sugars and stuff like that now obviously you know i'm gonna eat everyone once in a while i'll have some pizza or you know like some skittles or something like that but it's just more lines of giving my body enough time to heal on on the inside and the outside so you know know, like i said fruits vegetables a lot of salads and a lot of oatmeal and eggs and some pasta too and it's uh, a diet that i i guess works for me this off season and i've been able to continue that at home my girlfriend actually does a heck of a job making sure that that i stay on the top of stuff and making sure i rest and i'm eating well. Yeah, that's all a very important part of it. And, and also you had some kind of gymnastics uh, training in the offseason too that you were able to, to use in your offseason workout. 
scouts, right? To yeah. Check for the season. Yeah. Back home, it's called Jekyll. It's uh, this guy Chris, and he trains athletes as a Olympic gymnast would, would train. It's all about being able to push and pull your own body weight and do it for 20 reps or 30 reps and a lot of stretching. It helped me because I was able to learn, you know, how to control my body again even more, and and you know, was able to gain some size, but you know, some but just like some solid weight and not anything bad. Everybody makes a big deal about the Astros Club after victories yeah. and, and coming in, the music, and you're the music guy. <laughs> so what are some, maybe some three songs that you like to just put out there when... Ooh, I don't know if I could quite reveal my uh, okay. my mix, but... You know, do you refer to an artist or two? There's a few songs by Bass Jackers, Tiesto, Avicii, there's... Uh, you can do a Vegas residency with those. That would be fun. Yeah, you, you know, there's... Uh, I've got a nice little about eight song list that after we win, you know, just just pose on. And the goal, obviously, of, of every day is, you know, we, we get to the eighth or ninth inning and everybody starts getting excited, you know, to go back inside and have some fun for five or t- ten minutes and yeah. just kind of like enjoy the day. And we've got some fog in there, some light shows, you know, we got some strobe lights and we black it out and, and, uh, and yeah. And have some fun. Who's the best dancer besides yourself? Because I see when you come after a you know home run, come in oh, and do that. Yeah. Well, Altuve, as much as he might deny it, has some has some sneaky dance moves in there. You know, he can he can bust up. But there's, I mean, the whole team has some moves. You know, uh, everybody has their own, and it, it's funny. That was George Springer talking about those moves in the clubhouse, and on August twenty first. Everybody was dancing because that was the night Mike Fires threw that magical no-hitter. What an amazing story his life is. The first thing I asked him when we spoke after the no-hitter was what memories he'll take away from that night. Me and Nolan Ryan get announced in Craig Council's Hall of Fame speech the next day. Uh, there was a lot of memories from that day. Just the, the congratulations I got from my teammates after that last out, I think, was something special as well uh, for everyone to come out on the field and just... You know, go crazy and give me a hug. Everyone just gave me a hug and congratulated me. I think it was the biggest thing. Well, one of the things that you said, I remember in the post game when you were talking to Julia Morales, you mentioned your mom. And I don't know if the Astros fans know, but your mom passed away a couple of years ago. She had a long bout with lupus. What were you thinking about as far as your mom that night? And did you feel like she was kind of with you a little bit? Yeah, I think she's with me all the time. And definitely with every start, you know, I can still feel that presence and you know, because she was, you know, one of my biggest fans and if not more excited than I was whenever I was out there pitching. So I still feel that and still feel her with me and, and that keeps me going and, you know, along with a lot of other things. But it's just uh, one of those things that's, you know, that's, that was my mom and for a parent to pass away, you know, it's, it's tough stuff to go through. And I'm sure a lot of people have, have dealt with that, uh, lost loved ones in their lives. And, you know, my mom was a big contributor in, uh, you know, my career and my life. So, it's definitely something that I keep with me all the time. If I remember right, you have one tattoo, right? Yeah, one and only tattoo, and that's my mom. And she's on my right arm for a reason because, you know, I, I use that arm to pitch, and, you know, she's always with me, and I can see her, so it, it works out. You've been through so much. You, you had this car accident when you were in college. This might not have ever happened uh, after what happened with your car accident. Tell me a little bit about the story of the car accident. What what happened to you? I fell asleep at the wheel, trying to tough it out on the road uh, late at night and ended up falling asleep. I hit the guardrail and blacked out, and I woke up outside in the guardrail. So I, I got ejected from my car. I was laying in the guardrail. I fractured four bones on my back, dislocated my left leg. I was in the hospital for about a day, and once I could actually like 
kind of move around. You know, I was out of there with a back brace and a, and a walker. So it took a while to get back, but it just gave me more motivation that, you know, this game can be taken away from you at any point and just to play hard and just give it all you can while, while you can play and while your career is still going. And um, that's what I did. And I had to get back as soon as possible because that was my senior year. So I only had one more year left to uh, play and I wanted to make the most of it and I wanted to play professional baseball. So I was doing everything I can to uh, to get back and be as healthy as possible for you know a major league team to draft me in 2009. So I was able to do that and Milwaukee drafted me in the 22nd round of 2009 at Nova Southeastern and it's just another stepping stone, another uh, bump in the road, but you know I was able to get over it. When you're throwing the no-hitter, is all of that stuff kind of flashing back, the, the accident and, and just the last few years? You went through a couple of different schools, I think, in college. It, it wasn't an easy road for you to get to Major League Baseball, and, and I believe you even had a pretty tough injury a couple of years ago um, when you were with the Brewers, right? I think a lot of people go through you know, things in life or things in their baseball career where you know, you got to push through it and you can't just give up. And it goes on with life, too. It doesn't have to be a, a sport. In this sport, you got a lot of uh, obstacles to overcome, and, and this, the game's not easy as it is. And then to deal with things off the field, to, to not let that affect what's going on on the field, it, it's tough. And this game is a lot, a lot mentally, but, you know, physically draining as well. So you just got to stick with it and have a positive uh, mindset and just really keep pushing and, and the things that help me keep pushing is the things that have happened in my life and uh, people that have doubted me and my friends that um, are still with me and that want want to see me su- succeed. And it's just a bunch of things that uh, I have in my mind and in and my body that I, I feel that, that keeps pushing me and keeps uh, me in this game and excited to play and just grateful to play this game because I wasn't that high draft pick and I had one year to prove myself and that was my senior year so I was able to get an opportunity to play and I just don't want to let that let that go and let that uh, just fade away you know because I can still think about the times where I was in college and not even looked at by a scout so to have that feeling and know that I'm in a great situation and great opportunities to uh, succeed and that's what keeps pushing me. What's it been like to be around these guys in, in this clubhouse? And when, since you've been traded to Houston, is it a pretty special feeling to hang around this group? It seems like they're a pretty fun fun group to be around. Yeah, sure. Uh, now they've been playing well all year. This team's a lot younger, I think, than a lot of teams. And they have a lot of fun. They play with a lot of energy. They're, we're never out of a game. I think no matter what the score is, there's no give up in this team. You know, They're always pushing. They're always... You know, we could be down five in the last inning. I think we were down, what was it, seven, maybe seven nothing in Minnesota, and we scored five in the last inning. I mean, it doesn't matter, man. These, these guys think that as long as there's still an out left to get on, by that other team, I mean, we still feel like we have a chance. So string a few hits together, a walk here and there, and then uh, we've been able to hit the, the long ball at, at times and in, in a big situations. So it's just a fun group to be around, the coaching staff as well. The whole body of this team, you know, the players, the coaches, the training staff, you know, just everyone's in on it. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, we're in first place. You mentioned Nova Southeastern earlier. That's where you went to school. And one of your teammates was J.D. Martinez, who played for the Astros. You guys are are pretty close, aren't you? Yeah, uh, J.D.'s a great guy and he's still learning and still trying to get better. And uh, he's having a great year this year. And uh, great teammate. You know, when I played with him at Nova, uh, it was a great time, and I think we pushed each other to, you know, do well and to get drafted. 
And I think he helped me out because once I went there, there was a lot of scouts, you know, scouting him. So they were there and they saw me. So I think he had part of my success too because, you know, there's a lot of things that, that can happen. And for the scouts to be there and, and see me pitch while, you know, they're waiting for him to hit. So it kind of helped me out. But, uh, I mean, a great guy. Wish I could uh, play with him again at some point. But as of right now, just uh, trying to beat him now that he's on the Tigers. <laughs> As he explained to you what happened between Houston and Detroit, because a lot of the Astros fans have said, hey, we, we wanted that J.D. Martinez. Has he, has he talked to you about that? Yeah, I mean, that's just that's baseball, though. I mean, he's, he's still learning. And he was young at that time when he was with the Astros. And like I said, I mean, he, he's a guy that's always working on his, his, his game. And he's been progressing every year. And, you know, too bad the Astros, you know, had to let him go. And, you know, he had to go somewhere else and try to, you know, make a career, but what happens in this game? There's a lot of moves that happen throughout a year. You're never promised, uh, you know, a spot somewhere. Like, anything can happen. You know, people can get, you know, traded, released, whatever it is. But so you just got to enjoy the time while you're here, and the fans just have to understand that it's a fun game, but it's also a business too. You've got a beard. The beard game with the Astros is pretty strong. Uh, do, you, do you feel it, is it a little tough to compete with the, the Dallas Keuchel beards and the Evan Gattis beards? My beard coming in wasn't as strong uh, when I first got traded, so I've been trying to catch up. Right now, just trying to ride it out, see how long I can go, and try to catch these guys. But they had a head start against me. Uh, every once in a while, I'll shave it. But um, right now, I'm just trying to catch up to them and and get to uh, the level they're at. Are you learning how to do this? The, the celebrations that the Astros have kind of got down pat over the last few months, are you learning how to do that from a night, on a nightly basis? Yeah, no, that's, not, that's another thing about this team. and That's why we play how we play. I mean, these guys are so excited, and everything they do, no matter what it is, I mean, they're just excited to do it and excited, uh, excited to succeed. And, you know, to, to have fun in this dugout once somebody scores or hits a home run and, or after a big win, you know, we're in there, you know, having fun. You just heard from the first Astros pitcher to throw a complete game no-hitter since Daryl Kyle 24 years ago. Mike Fires was talking about having fun and nobody has more fun or plays with more passion than Carlos Gomez. But he takes some heat for that passion. RG spoke to him after the infamous bat flip at Yankee Stadium. I never do nothing to disrespect anybody. Just I feel like a little kid when I'm in the field. And I like to compete. I like to charging people like let's see how good you are when i have a like one of the best pitching in the mouth it's one of the games i'm really excited because that's how i test myself see how good i am who was your greatest influence growing up my dad my dad and when i get to the state i say jose reyes and um, carlos beltran you know they abduct me and pedro you know pedro be for me i played with pedro one year in New York, and uh, he always talked to me, be with me, and I learned a lot from him. One guy, too, you know, that I spent a couple of years to play, Crank Council. Something that I appreciate, and I always gonna have a respect for that guy, and uh, we are still in touch. My family and me gonna always appreciate and respect those guys, like, because I feel like they family me, for me, too. How about uh, Pedro Martinez getting the Hall of Fame this year? That was big back in the Dominican Republic, of course, uh, parades there. You played with him. Have you talked to him since that? moment uh, communicated with him what did it mean for you to see him go into the baseball hall of fame like a family member go to the hall of fame 
He deserves it. He do the good job in the field and out the field. And this is a role model for all the Dominicans. It's not only for me because I, when Pedro pitching, this is the only thing that we watch in the Dominican. All the TV, just Pedro Martinez and, and the TV. The same when Sammy Sosa be in the race on my wire and the home run thing. That's why all the young kids follow Pedro. All the Dominican people follow Pedro because in the field, he's one of the, the best pitchers. That's why he's the Hall of Fame. But out the field, he's a beautiful person. And uh, he give you heart for the people that he not even know. So that makes him so special. Tell us one thing about yourself that maybe the Astros fans don't know, that maybe something that you like or is a passion of yours. I mean, I'm the guy to love baseball. You know, I like, I'm the guy like respect the fans. And uh, as soon as I have this uniform, I'm going to give everything I have to this team. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the thing don't go like you're supposed to. But yes, continue to come to the field and support us and, uh, you know, everything. When we see a lot of fans in the field and when we see they, they, they scream your name, uh, that motivation, that make you feel special and uh, you want to do the best for you. And, uh, you know, for all the fans, I thank you for supporting me. And, and just I'm the, the family, family man. Love my family. I love baseball. I'm just the, the Dominican king come to the state and, and do the work. Astros center fielder Carlos Gomez, and what a perfect way to end this best of the Astros players special. If you're a first-timer, subscribe to us on iTunes or download our free Houston Sports Talk Android app available in the Google Play Store. Thanks for joining us, everybody.